Thank you for joining us today at Miniature Wargaming Labs, the podcast. I'm James. I'm Brian. And today we are going to talk about new additions, new expansions. Do we really need them? <laughs> but first, yes. <laughs> before we get into that, Brian, because I know you have some strong opinions on that, what have you been hobbying on since last we spake? So I worked on some new death models for AOS, um, which we'll be talking about um, because the, the new soul blight book came out. And so now I got to update my legions to gash army. And so I've been figuring out what I need to build a full army because my old army is no longer viable with a new book. So I had to change some things around. Uh, currently I am not doing any hopping because I'm getting a new desk. So I've been clearing my space for uh, this new desk, which should be here next week. I'm very excited about that. Oh, so tricked out desk or like oh, yeah. design desk? Okay. Oh, no. I mean, it, it's regular desk that you get. At, I got it at Target, but I mean, it's so I have my current desk is a uh, small desk that I had. It's made of glass, uh, pretty small. That was my painting desk. And then I put it like a two by four table. Um, and that's what I do everything else on. And it's kind of gotten a little crowded and my chair needs updating. It's pretty broken. It's actually just a lawn chair because I have been, you know, broke for a long time and now I have a little <laughs> bit of money. So I'm getting a new chair and new like floor pad and like I like I dropped some money and now I'm going to have like, <laughs> you know, I got shelves in the last couple of years, like things not like piled into floors or old subwoofer boxes. I mean, like, I'm actually like adulting and like making my space with new things that I didn't get, did I, that I didn't recover from the street. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So I, I will say this. You can always tell what kind of neighborhood you live in, but if they have yard sales. So yeah, mine I've, actually I've, has no yard sales. Which, which I, so I've lived in neighborhoods where like, I've held, my first house I bought held in like a yard sale and you just put stuff up and a guy will pull up in a truck with cash and just hand you cash and just take everything you have and drive away. And then I've lived in some neighborhoods where if I held a yard sale, I think my neighbors would kill me. They'd come over in their Jaguars and their escalates <laughs> and say, we don't, don't do, do that, that here. here. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a neighborhood where you just throw stuff out onto the curb and then it disappears. Well, when I lived on bases, that's what you did. And that was normally because you were moving and you wouldn't fit in the container. Yep. And so he's like, just put it on the side of the street. Like, and someone else who came in and their container was small, didn't have a, you know, lawnmower and take their stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's, it's uh, rescuing and, you know, giving to the community. The circle of life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think my, my stuff right now, I'm just uh, trying to clear off my desk here. So, you know, been working on and off in the Battletech, that Innersphere Command Lance. And, but my new ones, which you know I can see is uh, Brigade Gains or Drug War Z. So they have little uh, fed federales. So... <laughs> They're actually modeled off of uh, Colombian National Police. Yeah, and so, yeah. So, what um, look like to me. I've got zombie. It's a, so, the game's called Drug War Z. So, I've got DE agents, 
zombies, um, and uh, federal police there. And though they're designed for Colombians, they don't actually give like any nationalities. But I found like the pictures off like Google Images what they based them on. So I started with them because it's like army painter green, black boots, black guns, wash, you're done. Move on to the next one. So, uh, but I've also been, the one that's been a challenge is like the uh, Warlord Games, like their little Roman cavalry. It's nice. done in like fine, it's done in uh, resin. Ah. So now I get to see what parts of the resin I tore <laughs> after I tried. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and are showing up in the, and it's like, of course, I glued the rider to the mounts and decided to paint them. And so now it's like, I don't know if that was a really good idea. Might have been a little bit faster if I left them apart, just painted them and glued them together. So that that's moving slowly. But my big one is um, I've actually built uh, one foot by one foot tiles. Um, so I can build a three foot by three foot urban board. So for nice. Batman, uh, Street Wars, NYC, basically any game. Uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, yeah. because most of the buildings they come out with fit in that one foot, one foot. And so I can store the buildings that I have for Batman and like the Joker uh, Ferris wheel and everything. And like all the MCP vehicles I can store in a cabinet. But now I've got something a little bit more three dimensional than like just rolling out a map. Um, so they'll all stack on each other and I can put them in uh, a box. Nice. And I slide them up there. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I just need to uh, slowly build up the collection there. I haven't painted like in any like the road, like crosswalks or anything. Oh, like yeah. That. Yeah. But when you're playing There's on a three dimension on there. Well, so the 3D printer has been great for the trash. So I already had trash bags and everything. Yeah. And so um, I have a lot of the accoutrements. But when you put it on like a actual physical board where you like you step down off the sidewalk, and like into the street and I paint. So, cause most like ones you buy, the asphalt runs right to the curb. Yeah. And it's like, no, I wanted the concrete gutter. So it's like, I tape it off, spray paint it, tape it. That way I actually have my little properly sized like gutter there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, yeah. you paint the like, you paint the curves like yellow and red. I hadn't, and I hadn't, thought, about, and, like, I hadn't thought about that. I should. Spots. Yeah. I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> I should do like uh, Philadelphia, just paint it all red curbs. You yeah. can't park anywhere. <laughs> well, you can park somewhere, but you're going to pay for it. Yes. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's like, it's more like the lottery of parking. Like, yeah, I was able to park and no one ticketed me. <laughs> but um, so there's one thing I want to talk about. So let's do our product spotlight. And so this is one we finally got the books because. For I mean, you got grave. the book a while ago, and then yeah. I finally got the book recently. <laughs> so you got it on release day. Well, but was it release day? It was, or was as soon as you got. Day. Yes, it was, it was the yeah. It was a release day in general North America. And so the reason I want to talk about it is because so far on the channel we've been doing the Planet Twenty Eight uh, Learn to Play videos. Yeah. Um, so you had the books there, and I've been going through making videos on how to play Planet Twenty Eight. So it's interesting to open up Stargrave and read it and say, you know what, if you have the stuff to play Planet 28 and you know how to play Planet 28, Stargrave is not going to be a leap for you. No, um, not at all. If anything, it's less, Stargrave is less restrictive. Like 
McCullough writes in there like, hey, two foot by two foot, three foot by three foot, four, whatever you want. I don't care. Planet 28 is a smaller rule book, but he's actually a little bit more stricter. <laughs> I'm like, it's got to be this many centimeters by this many centimeters. So I get out my calculator and like, how many feet is that? But uh, if you got the dice for that one, there's Stargrave there. Yep. It's like, honestly, when you look like the comparison, um, if you think about it, entry level would be Planet 28. Stargrave would be the next level up and like um, Reality's Edge would be more complex. I think Stargrave. I think Kill Team would be in between. I was just going off the Osprey line. Okay, just... okay, off the Osprey line. Like, because, the I, mechanics... mean, it's, I think it's a big jump between Stargrave and uh, plant, like uh, Cyberpunk. The Reality's Edge. Yeah, Reality's Edge. That, that's, that's a big jump. Because well, Reality's Edge is pretty dense, and Stargrave is not. There's something <laughs> in the middle there. Well, so I was comparing the books. So when you look, the reason I say Reality's Edge isn't that far off, most of the complexity from Reality's Edge actually comes from the campaign expansions. So when yeah. you start adding um, cyborg components to your characters, and the big difference is you'll have weather, and you'll have a lot more like random NPCs and so there's like an NPC phase, similar to like Warcry, like wandering stuff can come in. Yeah. So if you actually just put it down to the core rule books, and you stripped out the N- NPC phase, and you're just playing like game one of a campaign, there's not that big of a jump from Stargrave to um, Reality's Edge. Um, yes. But when you, yeah, a it's a very game, little, definitely, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. The more complexities do come from the campaign style, long term game. Yeah. So yeah. So if you ever think like I've done everything I can in Stargrave, Reality's Edge will like take you up uh, to the next level there. Well, if you say that, you just need to wait a month. <laughs> so, how about we hop into our topic here? So new expansions, <laughs> new additions here, because when Joseph McCullough. Stargrave, Frostgrave, Oathmark is a prime example of a game with built-in expansions there. Reality's Edge, I don't think... uh, It's a complete book. It's a complete book, but the way he writes it, you think there's going to be expansions. He's said he has no intention of expanding into the future. It's done and done. (laughs) Um, And Planet 28's done expansions, but I think... For as far as you can go with like, you know, was it a 10 page rule book? And that's with all the extra roll tables and everything in the back. Yeah, it's a bit more. I think it's like 20 something. But yeah, it's still, I mean, that's not well, that much more. So that's what I want to point out is like Planet 28 does not have swimming rules. Stargrave has swimming rules. That's Stargrave, yes. <laughs> which I thought was kind of interesting. My sci-fi game was swimming. But um, but I mean, you know, even if it, they already even had if it rules did, for it in Frostgrave. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I, that's why I said that's why he put swimming rules in here. But you know what? If they didn't have swimming rules, he'd just write an expansion where he would add them later yes, on. <laughs> exactly. Because he wants he he wants his games to be as full and just robust as possible. His one of the more prolific expansion writers for games. I mean, I don't think GW has as many expansions for their story games. <laughs> why, why have expansions when you can just have new additions? 
Like, why, yes, why, exactly. Why, why make it simple? Why just, you know, a 20... You know, the General's Handbook and, like, the Annual Codexes should really, like, fill that need to have a new edition every three friggin' years that GW yes. feels that it needs. Um, you know, it's a $25 subscription of, like, here's the latest stuff out here. Uh why so many editions? That just <laughs> we and you, and you look at games like Bolt Action. They haven't had a new. They're on second edition, and they've been on it for eight years now. BattleTech, Battle BattleTech does not know the meaning of new editions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there is only BattleTech. There's only there the one way. There is only BattleTech. <laughs> well, you know, so I actually got, what, three weeks ago, I got updates. So I bought the PDF versions of, um, I bought Alpha Strike from the store, and then I bought mm-hmm. the PDF Alpha Strike, and I bought Total War, which is the actual full rule book. So if anyone's gone out there and you've bought the BattleTech um, box set at Barnes & Nobles or your friendly local game store, you got to imagine the clan box expansion isn't a standalone box you need no the initial box there to get like the base pamphlet rules and then the clan box has like introduction of omnimax and like the little, little battle suits and whatever elementals but oh, you can God. buy total wars the full rule book and if you thought you know the basic pamphlet in the box set was complicated when you see the full rule book of like mechs jumping on buildings and falling into them and machine gun teams hiding in buildings and shooting at mechs. Uh, there's a lot of complexity to Total War. But what they do is whenever they change something in the rule book and you bought the PDF, they send you a link saying, re-download the book. There's, there's been changes made. So you don't have to buy anything else. There's no, no. FAQ. There's no Battletech 2021. But see the latest <laughs> rules updates. <laughs> And there's, there, I mean, but there's, I mean, a lot of rules and rule books for BattleTech. Oh, like the, uh, well, that's for the mechs. So if you buy Total War, you're yes. not getting the mech books. No, the complex- no, exactly. That's the basic rules. Yeah. So there's extra complexity when you buy your thirty twenty five, your thirty forty five, thirty fifty five of unabridged yep. uh, Dark Ages, Clan Wars, etc. Yeah. There's plenty of books with plenty of mechs in there and so like um sean i think the the store owner and he's got a lot of those books memorized and a lot yeah, of the guys I, who play there is like oh are you not the rules the- part he doesn't actually have the rules part he memorized. Has the- <laughs> he's got the technical knowledge he's got the lore pretty much memorized from the dawn of the the game to whatever's happening and not just like the overarching storylines and everything you know he's read the books so <laughs> oh you have a griffin 10 wvr oh that was honda limited industries manufacturer they only made it for 10 years <laughs> they made that imaginary mech only for 10 <laughs> years a thousand years from now okay <laughs> He would know that. Yeah. <laughs> you might find some on the periphery. <laughs> but, so in the last year, we have seen a new addition for several different games. Starting, if you start the year from when we got the Indominus box and the introduction of 40K 9th edition. Um, along the path, we've had 
Frostgrave, speaking of Joseph Makulu, come out with second edition. Uh, we've had N4 for Infinity. We've had now AOS uh, third edition, which will be coming out soon. Um, so we've seen a lot of new editions for games being pumped out recently. Um, which not including all the really new games. Needed it. Well, yeah, ex- not including all the new games. Now that that's that's different, but uh, I mean, you could count Stargrave as a new edition of Frostgrave, just in a different setting. Are you, so you're going to make that claim and go that far? No, um, I'm not. Okay, but you could. But I, I would say it's it, it's a different game with the same rules. I'm not going to count every D and D variant as a new edition. But there are new editions of D and D. But um, yeah, so we've seen a lot of new games in a time where like not a lot of games are being played. Now, of course, they're all released in 2020 and tw- early, uh, 2021. So they were all in development long before this. But how much use do we get out of a new edition when we can't play? Yes. So I know no one I live with is going to play this game with me. Yeah, okay. me neither. So, um, and I am not going to download TTS, Tabletop Simulator, no. and play that. No, I'm, if I'm going to throw dice, I'm not going to do it with the mouse. I'm like, oh, I dropped the dice. <laughs> Table flip. That <laughs> you can actually do in Tabletop yes, Simulator. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one, when I saw AOS 3.0 come out, um, and seeing Stargrave, and then we've got like the what is it, the third expansion for Oathmark coming out? Yeah, like, yeah, you know what? With I'm just new rules, which it might be an expansion, but it also brings in new rules to that will change the game fundamentally, which is why we're including it in the discussion. Well, yeah, because I think I complained about that before because Oathmark was supposed to be a rank and flank simple game. Then it's like, oh, and here's, you know, um, skirmisher rules where you don't have to be rank and flank. You can disperse. And it's like, look, I have the rule book for battle system. If you wanted skirmishers, you know, put that in the core rule book. But like every expansion out there has like these extra, it's a smorgasbord. So it's actually more like, and um, like some of the battle tomes or annuals of like, hey, here's some ways that you can play with rivers or here's the ways you can add undead or um, field fortifications or here's skirmishes and some half, the halflings were at least free. So I accept that, that gift, that, yes. that calmed me down some. But um, I've actually used a lot of this time as like, um, you know what, I'm going to stop buying books. Now Necromunda doesn't change. 2017, so it's been four years, they haven't come yep. a new dish. And you know what? I am happy if Games Workshop Specialized Games never changes editions and they just keep rolling out books for like each gang house or something. Yeah, because like this that. is Necromunda second edition. This is Necromunda. They got rid of the old Necromunda does not exist anymore. This is a completely <laughs> different game. They would like you to completely forget about the Necromunda. Now, the only specialist game that I think they have moved into a second edition is Blood Bowl, which we also have seen in the last year. Yes, so that, that, that I, is I another game that. that has gotten a new edition in the last year. So, I mean, then we have seen a lot of new additions for a lot of different games. 
So that's why I've just been painting miniatures because I look at these books and it's like, you know, I finally, I bought Aether War and I finished all the models in Aether War and bought extra Caradron Overlords and I'm still in the process of painting those. So I have the Caradron's Battle Tome from first edition AOS, second edition AOS. And I've never actually fielded and played Caradron Overlords because I didn't travel and the store shut down. Um, so I couldn't play with my Caradron Overlords. And then a third edition comes out. So you know what? Should I just wait until I, I can actually sit at a table and say, excuse me, let me go buy the third, fourth, fifth edition of AOS because I keep spending money on these books and I'm never actually using them. Now I might, they have different artwork and Caradrons have different paint jobs. Mm -hmm. So I was able to go find different paint jobs from the different books because those change, but it's like, you know, they're what, 30, $40 books. Yeah. They're uh, up there. You know, it's like, I could have bought another box of models for, for what yeah. I spent this book on. And I've never used this book. Yeah. I mean, I've read it, but so what? It's like, That's Oh, look, stat numbers. <laughs> That's pretty much how I like, I always buy the 40 K book because I only, I only get the books for the two factions that I play in each game. I, I get any death book that I want, depending if it's the right one. And then I get the orc book, but I never use them. They go on my shelf and I look at them once and then they're done because there's apps that have all that information and I don't need the book. Yeah. And so that like games, that's the problem with one. Of, that's one of the problems with Games Workshop's model is that a lot of their information in the books after a couple months is null and void. So you just shelve it because the app has everything else. Have you, how have you found the app? Because I think Infinity has an app, right? Infinity has an app and they are probably, it's, it is the best in the gaming world. I haven't seen one as good as it. It has, it has the stats. You could pull up each stat line for everything, exactly what you need. It has uh, features where you can have all the, programs that you use for hacking it has all the different weapon ranges it has all the weapon profiles for whatever's in your army in a separate sheet it has a separate sheet that you could give to your opponent that says all the information that they need um that is doesn't include your hidden information that's only that you only know um and there's also hyperlinks to the rules. So if you want to know what a keyword does, you press it and boom, you're at the rules page that tells you exactly what it does. Um, the, the 40K one is good. It's more like a digital book reader where you just have the book and you could go search certain terms and find it in the book and everything. And it is updated uh, with the new as new rules and facts come out. Um, and the AOS one is good. It's really good for building armies, um, but it's also just another book reader. It literally just reads the books and it does not update because it is just a scan of the physical book. Um, so they're, they're interesting. And the big difference between them is the Infinity one you, is free. You don't have to pay for. But both of the Games Workshop ones are not free. And you do have to pay for them to access all of their, all of the stuff that you need to play. Well, I know we won't say FFG, but Atomic Mass Games, they provide the rule books for free. They provide, I know for um, X-Wing, they have the X-Wing app. 
And so all the points will be rebalanced mm -hmm. constantly in there and it'll update your lists and everything for you. So like that's taken care of and those are free. Yeah. But, you know, there's just certain games and I think we've highlighted on like Infinity's not too quick in turnover of no. um, additions. They'll take how many... Was it five? This is N N four. This is the fourth edition in the last twenty years. I think they've been around No, not twenty years. Like fifteen. It's it's been a little while, but okay. Um, so they have what I consider more acceptable turnover, and I think that's they make up for it because they'll put out the main rule book, but they'll have those box sets mm -hmm. of where they'll introduce new units or like, hey, let's fight on this world, and like here's some terrain. So you're always playing these different scenario specific worlds. And so that's how, instead of expansions, they do those little box sets, more like yes. what Kings yep. of War does. And I think the idea is like each one of these games has to have a constant trickle of stuff coming out yeah, um, to keep the games alive. Because, you know, I complain about games that have constant expansions and constant um, new additions, but those are the only ones people play consistently. Um, minus Battletech. There are, there are guys who bought like Battletech 3025, some mechs, and they will just play that over Forever. and over. It's, they like, how they long like, did they have nothing? Yeah. <laughs> how many years did they have nothing except a thriving community? That's a the lot. only thing that they had was a community that played the game. No expansions, no new models, nothing. So they, they are a testament and the exception to the rule. Yeah, they are the exception to the rule there. Because there are there are other games out there, and it's like, well, like Chainmail. Is there anything wrong with Chainmail? Like the four editions of Chainmail that came out since like the seventies. Um, yeah. But no one plays it now because no. the rule book hasn't come out. It's like it's not like there's a institutional memory of like you know what I want to play a game of knights hacking at each other. Well, there's a game that came out in 1978. Want to grab that? No, I think I'll get Baron's War. That came out. Uh, a year or so ago let me go buy that new one for 20 bucks instead of downloading chainmail for 2.99 from morgan's yeah. vault because it seems like if there's not that constant release if it's just one book like zone raiders which is infinity light it's like oh let's all buy it let's form a facebook group let's play it for a couple months meh we're done and then like, play whatever comes out next next yeah so i mean it's it's much like uh speed freaks Exactly. That's exactly the response I was, was looking for. Just nothing. Like, I say Speed Freaks to somebody that started playing in the last year. They're like, what? <laughs> Nobody knows about it. It's 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 Games Workshop game with Games Workshop models and a rule set and everything. And nobody knows anything about it because it was printed once and then that was it. You know, that, so that's something that's interesting. So Speed Freaks came out in 8th edition. Mm-hmm. So ninth edition came out, brought all these new players in to the store. Okay. And so you say, hey, let's play this game called Speed Freaks. Any one of those new players? I have no idea what you're talking about. Nope. They're like, that was Games Workshop? <laughs> so it's like, you know, that constant supply of new stuff feeds the community. Um, yes. So it's like buying that new stuff is almost like a tax just to make sure you have a community. Um Battle take aside. <laughs> yes, battle take aside. <laughs> That's more like chess. 
Everyone has chess boards. <laughs> Everybody has chess. Just as it chess has rules a... updates every like yeah. ten years. <laughs> there are Very no minor. There no... <laughs> minor. It's like a correction in the wording, There's... which is pretty much all that BattleTech gets. <laughs> I think for chess, they're still using the original Latin rulebook. They just translated. <laughs> well, actually, there has been a couple rule updates in the last te- in the last couple decades. Very minor. Mind okay. you, but still there there have been I actually checked on this on because I people keep making that joke that you know oh you're complaining about this edition of this game. Well chess hasn't got an update in ten thousand years. <laughs> I wanted some validity to that statement. So, oh you actually fact checked that? <laughs> I did okay. fact check that. I sure did. <laughs> well, let's use that example. What what did they change? Um you- it was like I can't remember this is actually a couple like a month ago or a couple months ago um and i've slept since then um it was just like some very minor like wording changes and some rules um some uh slight corrections on how something is played very minor things that they found in the you know decades upon decades of the game so it's it's just Minor things like that, but it it has slightly changed. There has been updates to the rules. Well, you know that that explains how we'll beat the machines at chess. We'll change the rules right before <laughs> the game. <laughs> Sorry, machine, you cheated. <laughs> <laughs> New edition came out. Sorry, you weren't programmed with that. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but so I I think before on the show, like what we were looking forward to, and I was looking. One of the things I mentioned was like the, eighth, the third edition Age of Sigmar coming out. Yes. Um, and I don't have any idea on the price at this point, um, how much it's going to cost. Um, I'll probably know tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so that'll be, this is recorded Monday. So Friday when this airs, you'll know, which will mean nothing for this podcast. Which here. will mean nothing for no, this they, podcast. But yes, yes. I know it's... I know it's probably going to be Indominus level type stuff here. I yeah, I'm gonna. It guess might, it's it might gonna actually, be might actually be a deal. You yeah. think two fifty? I don't know. Indominus should have been two fifty, but it was two hundred. See, that's why I'm thinking this one's going to be two fifty because Indominus was a steal at two hundred, and I think this one, I think it's actually slightly bigger in my in like because you need fifty six models. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's because. They don't have as big of models in the AOS one as they did in the 40k one, so I think there's going to be a little bit of a difference in pricing. Uh, I I personally think it's going to be either 200 or 250. Those are my two guesses. Well, at um, I think I don't know. I saw it and it didn't it didn't hit me right. I saw it. It's like. Meh. Okay. I I didn't get excited about that box set. But of course I've never bought an Age of Sigmar box set. I just buy the rule book. You you just said you bought one earlier, the Well no, the I, I bought, Overlords one. Well, well Aether War, because I wanted Caradron yeah. Overlords. Yes. So um and the only So there's the Cities of Sigmar and there's like um there's like a city in there and blanking on the name of where you can take Caradron as like an addition in there. Um, it's in the realm of metal. Anvil. 
Well, and then there's there's a Stormcast Eternals, I don't know, chapter or whatever. Yeah, that, that can city, be used in... Used in that city. So it's like, okay, so I bought Cities of Sigmar, I bought Caradron, and I bought Stormcast Eternals just to play that city because yeah. it's like you could feel that kind of soup and it, it all made sense. And um, so I have a ton of Stormcast Eternals I haven't even painted yet. <laughs> They're like yeah. primed. I haven't even got See, if them. I was if I was playing destruction or if i was playing stormcast i would be very excited because i really do like those orcs uh i could see me using some of them as uh uh bit fodder for my 40k orcs because i mean i like that they're different i like that they look completely different from the orcs and the orcs that we've had in the past which i think is just super cool um but i i will not be getting the book because i don't I didn't get the Indominus box because there wasn't any orcs in there, so I'm not I'm not gonna care about it. <laughs> it's funny this one actually does have orcs in it, and I'm not getting it. But it's the fantasy orcs. I in fantasy I only play death because it's translatable to every other fantasy game ever. And you know, at the at the store, I mean, there is an AOS community, but it really hasn't kicked over into a big community now, AOS... yet. So I feel AOS 3.0 is very deserved and completely needed. Um, AOS 1 was complete. They didn't know what they were doing. It was a holder place for a new game that they had the name and the models for, but they didn't know what was going on with the rules. Second edition came out and kind of, you know, threw that to the side and said, hey, here's this rules. And over the years, it has evolved as they found their way through this game their identity with this game so they they have they started from this very set world that everybody knew that was that was real fan like this is like fantasy it is hard fantasy it is what it is tolkien it is uh, Dragonlands. it is all the old fantasy rolled into one and they wanted to do something completely different that they can trademark and make their own and so by doing that, you have to change the rules changed with it. And you now the very end of uh, second edition, it is a little jumbled and things are like, things don't feel right. So a third edition was actually needed where eighth edition felt like it was, it was good. It was like, if you took a, away a some Warhammer of the 40k codexes, yeah. Warhammer 40k. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, it was a little wonky with the if you but if you take out the three problematic codexes, it's a really good balanced game. It didn't feel like ninth edition was needed, but I can see why they did it. But third edition of AOS is completely needed, and I think it's going to be a big push for the game in a new direction, in a more cohesive rule-wise uh, edition. Well, I think um, we've mentioned before SPQR, which is Warlord Games' um, ancient skirmish one. So you yes. have your Romans and your Gauls fight. And very quickly they found that there was a certain rule that was broken. So basically Horde armies had a huge advantage in there. Mm -hmm. And so they got... But instead of publishing a second edition, they just called it the revised edition. Yep. And when you go page by page, some of the words change, but there's only really like... There's points recosting, so they took care of that since they were printing a new book. But it's like, we're not making a fundamental change to the game. 
we just need to change a couple sentences to get this thing that breaks the game. Yes. But, you know, they, they almost gave the rule books away. It's like, buy a box of miniatures and we'll give you the rule book. And see, that's, I think that's the. So it's like, we're going to fi- we're gonna of- fix the game. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the philosophy a lot of other smaller uh, war games is that the rules can't be too expensive. They can't be, you, you shouldn't have to pay to play with the rules. You shouldn't have to pay for new rules um, because that's not what makes that's going to be the thing that changes the most mod miniatures, which is going to be the bigger selling point of the game is what's going to change the most or change the least. Because once you make a model, you don't have to make that model for another 10 years when it starts to look old and outdated. Um, And if you make really good miniatures, you don't have to update it. Once it's done, that's, that's it. Maybe make a new version of it. Um, But yeah, so miniatures being a focus and where, yeah, you're going to have to pay for the miniatures. But make the rules free because every once in a while you're going to have to get, you're going to have to change it because things get, there's too much bloat, there's too much new stuff, there's too much new interactions that you didn't think of when as the game progressed. Um, so you do have to change it. So I think a lot of companies are adopting that hey, the rules, you buy the rule book because, you know, physical rule books are awesome. They're, they look good on shelves. I mean, you're going to get it. It's nice. But the PDF of them, the, the non-physical copy is free, which I think is a great move because, yeah, I'm if I like the game, I'm going to buy a physical copy. I want to look at it. It's really cool to have. Um, it does, it's not contingent on a battery, which is nice with the internet. Um, but also if I need to, if something changes in it and I can just go online and look, because I do have a phone in my pocket, so I do have access to the internet and PDFs and everything. So if I do need to see the change, I can get it easily. And with GW games, that's not really possible or they don't, they don't do that. If they release some new rules, you're paying for it for the book. Well, that's why I, the idea of of the channel was how do you play the most games for the least amount of money. And I think when you adopt that philosophy, you've got to break the miniatures away from the rule books. You have to think yes. of them as two separate lines. And GW tries very hard to make you think of them as one unified brand, as one product. Yes. Like they're they're inseparable. And you know, that was the thing with AOS and like the primaris of like, let's make something so radically different and big um, yeah. that it won't fit anywhere else. Um, and a lot of times that's ch- it's like, well, that just means I'm not going to chase as much GW stuff as I used to. Cause when they had, you know, back in pre 2010, when they had like a slower release schedule, you could pretty much chase and have everything there, but that's just yeah, really not possible right now. Um, no. and you know, I bought drug war Z. I wanted it for the miniatures. And he said like, Hey, I'm coming out with a rule book. 15 bucks, I'll give you a physical rule book and a PDF copy. Sure, why not? I don't care about your rules. I'll look at them. I have no idea who you are and if your <laughs> rules are any good. <laughs> like, you don't have the Justice Joseph McCullough stamp of where, like, hey, I can demand $30 for 
for my yep. Brian new books in 25 people will buy it and people will buy it just because of the name <laughs> but it's there, there has to be a certain tempo to the release schedule to not to make it feel like you're not being overwhelmed um i yeah. think gw's really mastered that with necromunda uh kill team they've been slow playing recently and i don't I think, know i think they think that kill team is complete i i have the feeling that they feel kill team is complete and doesn't need anything now and you know what i would i would love that because they're constantly coming out with new models and so all you would need to do is just forever print the prime rule book. Um, and look, so for example, like we're on our third starter box for Necromunda. So every year they have a new starter box for Necromunda. Kill team should every year should have a new starter box with different factions and the main rule book. Um, well, they've only had two so far. They didn't come yeah. out with a starter box this because year. The reading, the reading box did not have. Brian Exus. Brian Nexus yes. did not have a starter book. I, I think if it had the starter books, it would, it would have made that set a, a lot better, um, yes. especially for the price. 100%. But, but it's one of those things is like, you can keep Kill Team fresh because they're constantly coming out with new Necrons, new Primaris Marines. So you can just sell annuals with like the new points and point fluctuation changes for tournaments or whatever. And you know what? I would buy them all and I would feel fine with that. And that's why I pretty much stuck with just the um, box game studios. Because like you said, Blood Bowl is the only one that's ever gone to a second edition in there. Yep. Um, but otherwise, their expansions are just like Necromunda and Kill Team are like, well, here's a new place to fight. Or here's a new faction. Or here's more about an existing faction. And mm-hmm. um, they introduce new models like oh does your gang not have an archaeotech well here's a box of archaeotechs damn it i need archaeotechs <laughs> <laughs> we're like Warcry. Warcry, like it started small and then they started printing more you have these allies and you have these monsters that you can get and so you're so like you're the ability to take more models increased and the size of the models increased that you can bring in you could have a dra- you could have a dragon zombie or a terrorgeist or a uh, other big models, Mangler Squigs. Um, and then they released a cohesive book for each each different uh, grand faction and uh, made it so that, you know, that is just a, instead of uh, making them allies or beasts, you have just a army, just a pool of miniatures that you could throw in an army, each one with different things that you need to, requirements that need to be met in order to take them in your group. But still, it's just a book that it says, Hey, this is all the models you can take. Um, and they just increase it each time. So there's uh, always changing, but they're not making any new models for it. Um, the factions that came out for it specifically are out. They're not adding any more that in the near future they might, but nothing new now. Um, but instead, you know, they just released a new book. It's like, all right, all these models that, you know, came out in the last year are now available in this. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Warcry got sold as like um, AOS's version of Kill Team, but it's, yes. it seems to operate more like Necromunda. And uh, I will yes. defend that statement. Um, but they haven't gone into the warcry specific factions with like the level of detail they have in necromunda a level no, of customization like necromunda 
if you actually tried to outfit all the different variable like weapon systems on there, it can become very expensive. It's like my Goliath now needs a storm bolter. What? You got to go into your big box and get some like space Marines and get a storm bolter that he stole from one of the factories. And then you can get like Eldar weapons. Like, well, I don't have any Eldar weapons. I got to stop by and see Brian. (laughs) I need some whatever. (laughs) But, but it's so the, the additions and expansions, um, I think games workshop is probably an example of a high tempo game there. Yes. And what I like about Kill Team is like there's like almost no tempo there. But as I add add models to my Kill Teams with the combat patrol level of ninth uh, edition, it's like, well, okay, I can just dart into the game. Well, let me buy this book, this book. Here's my Kill yep. Team. All right, I'll play ninth edition. I'm stepping out. I'm not fielding the golden host of the Emperor here. <laughs> for a thousand dollars so that i can buy you know rule book updates no they definitely made kill team a lot more enticing as a gateway into 40k with uh with the addition of the combat patrol because now it's just like oh it's like i get one box for my kill team i get the star collecting box for my kill team um when if the if you're if the one that you buy is still being made um, or you can even buy a combat patrol box now and play both because the combat patrol will probably have enough everything for kill team or some, at least something for kill team. And then right away, it's already optimized for a combat patrol. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I think the shift from the, um, starter armies to the combat patrol makes the, those boxes a lot more enticing because, yes. Looking at the before, it's like, okay, well, I'll buy that and spend another $200 to actually make a well-rounded, fieldable force. Now it's, they should honestly put like a kill team manual for like those models in there, like their points for kill or something related to kill team in yeah, those boxes. Yeah. They, should just, they should just put kill team logo next to the Warhammer 40K logo and just like slip like a little insert in there. Um, yep. Because it's like, those are ideal like kill team plus boxes there. Yes. Um, especially the new uh, Adeptus Mechanicus box. Oh, came yeah. Out. Yeah, it's got that new. Um, we don't have kill team rules for that new guy. No. I don't think. Yeah. Um, the new Admech the, boss the there. Yeah, the Marshal. Yeah. yeah, don't don't have rules for him. So nope. like, wouldn't that have been nice? Some people might have just bought that box just for that one model, just to get the kill team rules out of it. <laughs> the field in their kill team. It's yeah, like... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now that's how you introduce new things until you get put it into a book, and then boom! Now that you don't, they don't buy either. Either buy the model, or they wait to get the model when the book comes out, so they can see the rules before they purchase it. Either way, it entices them to buy that model for a separate game other than just forty k. Well, you know, I was I was looking at when I was doing the videos for Planet Twenty Eight. I think looking at the models there, the models from the Rogue Trader Kill Team box, mm-hmm. and the models from uh, Blackstone Fortress. These these are great for Planet Twenty Eight. Oh yeah, I can build like a whole little ad, and for Stargrave, I can build like a little ad mech, so I can have like my little electric priest. 
be my captain and my little um, servitor will be my uh, what first mate. And I've got yeah. a bunch of little admit guys with pistols and rifles and like they'll fill out my Stargrave crew. Yeah. So um, there are there are some advantages with some of the uh, other models there. But it's like, I think it's to know, if you know the timing of Games Workshop, you know when to bow out. And yes. I think my example is like, um, I stopped buying books once the second, whenever a Warhammer 40K comes out with a second marine codex i stopped buying books that's that's the death knell <laughs> i was like well, okay, the, <laughs> like it's the event once they start the event phase of the game where it's a new book for like everything gets updated in these new books and there's new <laughs> models to go with the books like that that's when you know it's like okay third edition is around the corner this is just to make a little bit of money before they get into it yeah yeah, they do like, that with a Biental and Cadia Falls there yep. of like the culmination to eighth edition. And then they did that again of like, well, every month a new faction is getting updated rules. You know what? Why don't I wait six months and just buy the new edition? How about yeah. how about I'll do that? And they do they start AOS. doing the same thing with AOS. They start yeah, doing the yeah. same thing. Like <laughs> every faction is getting up that like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, they did they did that to the second edition too, with with the, the Necroquake and uh, that whole storyline and that's what led to uh second edition um and then yeah and then with this one the broken realms came out and started like oh here's the here's the story it's changing really quickly now we had a couple years of stagnation and then oh look the story is being updated really quickly that's when you know it's like oh okay they're just <laughs> wrapping up the story to the new edition well i i thought it was funny um so you made some changes to your death army with the mm-hmm. uh, Broken Realms and like the launch of third edition. Do you want to go into like the changes you made? So um, like... I played. I, I play a lot of like I like the death uh, thing in AOS, the death army in AOS because it, I can translate it to every other every other game that is uh, that uses fantasy. So I decided to do that because it's really easy. It's skeletons, vampires, and you know, stuff like that. So it's, you know, easy to translate. So I played Legion of the Gash, and Legion of the Gash had a lot of uh, cohesion with the other death armies where I could take some things from each one because it's pretty much the Grand Allegiance death because it's all controlled by Nagash. Um, well, the Soul Blight, with the new Soul Blight for the for the Grave Lords, the Soulblight Grave Lords, they kind of changed that. This was a replacement book for that codex or the Battle Tome. And so now the Legions of Nagash are no more. They, it was kind of co-opted by the Osiarch Bone Reapers because that's his that's his like baby. That's that's Nagash's pet project that is Nagash's greatest achievement is creating this army and so now that's his that's his focus in the story wise so now the OCR sorry the OCR Bone Reapers are now his and that's where he gets all of his cohesion he has all of his special stuff in there that's where Nagash is supposed to be played you could take him in the new Soul Blight Grave Lords, but he's like, he's just Nagash. He's not really, he doesn't have any real good cohesion. He doesn't feel like he could be the center of attention in that. It's more of the the vampires and the different, uh, the leaders of the vampire courts. Um, 
So they kind of changed that. And a lot of my army had a lot of night haunt stuff in it. So that kind of disappeared because now there's no cohesion between the death uh, armies. It's more separate things that could take some very slight few of the same things. So I had to get rid of a lot of my night haunt stuff. And then there are some units that were in the Osiric Bone Reapers that I had in there that went with Nagash and now that you can't use him. So I had went down and I went from a 2.500 or two, yeah, 2.5,000 point army of Legion of the Gash to a 700 point army of Soulblight Gravelords. So now I'm looking at, oh, well, now if I want to play, I'm going to have to buy another 1300 points just to get this back, I thought I would have enough and now I don't have any of the units that I need. So now I'm like, well, I got to buy this and I got to get more, I got to get more vampires and I got to get more blood knights and the new stuff that came out and skeletons. And so, so it changed a lot of things for me and it kind of changed the story of the, the, the death allegiance and the, how Nagash runs his uh, troops. Which I think is cool. I think it's a, uh, a push a new storyline because the Osiric Bone Reapers were added to the line of death, which is you know completely new. It's it's they are separating themselves from Warhammer Fantasy. They are bringing some of the same elements with completely new things, which I think is awesome. I like that they're making the new identity, and I I am excited for third edition even though it's going to change a lot of things and people are going to have to catch up. Change happens. We just have to deal with it. Well, but I just don't like the idea of, now they, they did that from fantasy to AOS first edition, the changeover where they like swept the table aside and swept it clean. And so this is actually going to be, instead of a rank and flank fielding army game, it's going to be like 40 K a squad level platoon skirmish game. Like, okay, you've stopped being able to grow. You need to start fresh. All right. But to be in a situation of where I believe the correct academic term is nerfing, like taking your models and nerfing them, um, as was written in the Stanford review of AOS, but (laughs) taking those models and sweeping them to the side, it's like, come on. They didn't even do that. They won't do that in 40K. They Tactical Marines and Scouts are still present. They will not crush those molds. They won't take them out of the armies. They might try to push into primaries, but in essence, they're just send, selling you more different squads. And that's what they're doing with the Stormcast Terminals in third edition. It's like, well, these aren't primaries. They're just different squads of like, yes. Hey, remember your guys had hammers before? Now they have spears. Like, okay. Yes. Like, look, I, I mean, got it. <laughs> you drew. If you I drew- wanted to play with the, the units that I lost, I could just start the other armies that have them. But yeah, <laughs> they are gone from the army that I but played. It, but isn't that an interesting drive in the additions of making it so like, well, all these models are still usable. You just have to spend $200 and you'll have three viable $200 each for these three different armies. So $600, yeah, you have three armies. viable armies. We, we've <laughs> taken that, that base. One? Three is better than one. You're going to have more fun. That, that's what that means. You're going to have more fun. I. I think the the drive to like push you into a faction pure army instead of a soup army could have been achieved with paper. 
Yeah, that's of like that's without without nerfing the soup. I think you could have pushed it. But. And so, so that's, that's why Games Workshop is going on both ends because they really with Ninth Edition uh, 40k they really got rid of soup armies. That's not a thing anymore. Like you don't play knights and uh, guard and space marines. You play space marines or guard or knights you know you don't mix them because it's it's too expensive and aos is kind of getting rid of those because they used to have the grand alliance books where it was just like everything you could take everything in death or everything in order um and then it's getting very to like you play if you play order you play this one this one and this one you could take allies um which is very limited it is completely limited it is, does not feel like a soup army you are limited to that like certain units from certain factions within your grand alliance it's not like you could like oh yeah i want to bring kragnos in my death army because storyline stuff um so <laughs> it's it's they re- they really are veering away from soup armies in both of their games which is which is interesting i i really like the the thought of a soup army where you can take a little bit of everything it's just not as cohesive but you have millions of options um whatever i mean it's their game so well that that's why i i turn to my shelf and i look at uh rise of the primarch which came out at the end of the seventh edition and that was back when we had uh battle forged and so they had a scenario in there like okay so you're gonna take this saint you're going to get two two squads of tactical marine uh, black templars you're going to get some guardsmen <laughs> and because that was the scenario of them mm-hmm. trying to make their way back to earth with like the little eldars helping on them so it's like literally that was pure soup there and yeah. and i'm i reminded of my favorite my second favorite dilbert comment out there of like how to be an effective manage, manager and catbert says centralize that which is decentralized and decentralize that which is centralized so what's going to happen is like games workshop will push this no soup into like faction pure armies and then there's going to be fourth edition three years from now it's going to be bring on the soup (laughs) just bring on the soup (laughs) mix everything together (laughs) remember you were holding off on buying those both OCR Bone Reapers, well, now they can be in your Soul Blight armies. Just mix Remember them up. Remember that army you sold off two <laughs> yeah. years ago? Well, prepare to buy it I'm back. Hulk. And we have new models at a 20% markup from the last time you bought them. <laughs> Do they look exactly the same? No, we changed no them slightly. <laughs> if we were in copyright infringement, we would be safe. <laughs> well, I, I think that's why you should really pick a game that fits your tempo and i and i think the only reason you would chase chasing additions is one thing like okay so games workshop's going to tax me 200 dollars every three years to keep current well i could just buy the book for 50 bucks and that's probably what i'll do is i'll just buy the rule book and keep on the the rule book the book for your one for your army the updated yeah <laughs> it so, is it, it is 200 minimum no matter which way you look at it you're yeah. not getting out of it cheaper i'll go steal it from someone who steps out of the store give that book kid <laughs> but then you're gonna see it and you're like oh man okay well i'm not gonna buy the rules but i need this i need this new unit I, 
Do you go oh, by the new unit? <laughs> you might not buy the book, but there's there's still something you're gonna buy. But you know what? I'm I'm okay with playing an army that sucks. Now, no, if you want to be yeah, tournament, play orcs. Yeah, but if you want to be tournament legit, you got to chase all that stuff. That's get every book yeah, and yeah, you study be them. A meta chaser. So, yeah, you've got to do that. Yeah, you no. do that chase. Or that's why I was looking at like Planet Twenty Eight. Well, I think I will do like the novels and mix my commissars with my space marines, and these models will play together. Yeah. <laughs> the Games Workshop police have no authority here in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh man well so i think uh we can keep going on with that one but uh doing our no, we can keep going on with yeah. every topic we bring up so yeah <laughs> well you know uh, i i remember i was at eagle and empire in alexander virginia and i remember the guy was telling me you know the introduction of the clans just ruined battle tech um people just stopped buying stopped being the big thing that it once was and it's like, that was just a huge mistake. And I said, no, the huge mistake was not six months after the releasing the clan, releasing whole new books for like the inner sphere guys to counteract the clan. Cause mm -hmm. that is literally games workshops model to create imbalances in the game to like drive you into different yeah, directions. Yeah, and then you go one way and then I'll, I'll, you go the other way, I'll, I'll, and the other way. Yeah, even yeah. if you're one faction, you're gonna be like, okay, you're gonna fight the army and you're gonna lose. You're like, oh well, now now I gotta think about how I'm gonna beat them next time. So I gotta go buy this and build that and add this to my army. And then you play somebody else and just like, and then you win and you're like, all right. And then you lose and then you gotta fix everything, buy more stuff. And you know, even even when you just like, even if you're any regular player is going to be chasing the meta in some degree. Yeah, winning is an integral part of gaming and without it there would be no push to change uh and no drive to improve so any which way we're going to be looking to change things so intrinsically games are going to update themselves whether within the local whether in a localized meta or the rule set itself well that's fine i'm just going to bring harlequins yeah, well, you wave after wave of Harlequin clowns. <laughs> or you can just, you know, find the cheaty army and win. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian. So looking into the future, what are what are you excited about? What's what's coming up? Well, I think we said AO, I'm, the, we're, we mentioned AOS three, and that is that is coming out soon. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I did back this Kickstarter that was uh, a mech game it was a it cost one dollar for the pdf so i threw in my dollar i might have seen that the one PDF. Well, so that i mean? got the pdf so i mean okay <laughs> yeah i got so, a spiral uh, binder I'll, let's I'll just looking forward to getting that yeah, why not? I mean, I, I got the pdf <laughs> so yeah and it's a mech game so i, I just like the price was right the timing was right so i threw the dollar and now i'll get that um and mech games are cool and since you know we have gamma wolves and of battle, course, tech. battle tech yeah yeah so i have i have plenty of mechs and mech games to play them um it was just another thing to you know back that claim of playing the most games with the least amount of money <laughs> one dollar um, <laughs> one dollar i'll i'll buy that for a dollar 
Um, so I'm looking forward to those two. AOS 3, because I'm excited for the changes. And now that things are, you know, becoming less scary in the world, um, games can commence. So I think third edition at this point was perfectly timed. Um, so I, I'm excited to see it. I know Active Imagination in New Mexico is open for table gaming, and you guys, you spent, what, this Sunday? We are actually the last gaming place in town to open for inside gaming um, because we are, we had to change, we changed so drastically in the last year that changing back isn't a, we, we're not going back to what we were, we're moving forward in a bigger way so we're completely changing everything that we're doing so it's gonna it's taking us a little bit longer because we have a i think we have the a bigger change to do than other stores okay that's uh so so i'm excited i'm glad that there are that of the the other game stores are open because it provides some space and gives us time to open our space up um so I, I, I love that we have a lot of game stores in Albuquerque because it means that we have a thriving game community and it's, it's, it's good to be here because there's lots of options. You don't have just one options. You have five, which is great for the size of town we are. Well, you know, something uh, like every beer garden out here and like brewery has outdoor patio. No game store has. Just think how re- definitely you've been it would have been for you guys if you had outdoor patio attached to the storefront. I mean, we're going to be moving in a year and a half. So that might be for the preparing for uh, COVID-23 uh, because every COVID variant is named after the year it came out. If, yes, if you were yeah, unaware. The next one's going to be 20. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> outdoor patio space might have to get factor, factored in. <laughs> So like the next door location that is yeah no that is uh and that's that's another reason we are changing everything that we're doing is to keep you know COVID in mind and yes it's things are slowing down and things are becoming more lax and safer um we are keeping everything that we learned in this past year and a half during the lockdowns during COVID and implementing that in a way that helps protect us as workers and people as players so that's another thing is you know as a game store you have to keep up with the times and this is something that is changing in the world and we're just trying to keep up with that so so that's another thing i'm excited about in the future is actually you know having the store open for in-store gaming which is sweet all right get back to selling snacks again Get the we'll real, get, we'll get, get the real there. profit stream. I, I was, <laughs> I was remind, I was reminded uh, of that. Uh, so like the, the area I work in, I went in. We've been having um, some sewer trap issue with one of the bathrooms, and so um, I sit by myself, but I wear my mask anyway because it smells like um, a homeless encampment and a subway tunnel. But. Uh, and then someone decided that they would uh, microwave what I can only assume is Chilean sea bass um, in the microwave. And it's like, you know, this reminds me of the conversation we had about 
how to keep smells out of your work out of your store <laughs> no microwave no microwave no microwave you have to bring food in but no microwave <laughs> you know it actually got to the point of like which smells worse the sewer or that burnt fish smell <laughs> either way it's mixing and not doing well Speaking of that, um, so I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the new expansion for Necromunda, the the Redemptionists. So oh, House yes, Cador, yes. um, they're coming out with that. Uh, that went up on pre-order uh, this last weekend. That's right. Yeah, there's the very close in uh, release date for expansions for this uh, for Necromunda, which yeah. is a little faster tempo than you're used to. On probably well, sure. I think that I think this they. I think the starter set got pushed back. So then normally yeah, you do once a catchy. quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're just trying to get back on track with the redemptionists. But it fits in with like the Blackstone Fortress, like uh um the priest, the fat priest. Yeah. Um, and he's got his little little flamer buddy uh there. So it's like, well, I got more flamer people for that. Yeah. So like, okay, I'll throw them in the box. I'll take those. But um so I'm always looking forward to new Necromunda sets. And uh, I think that's that's it right now. Got to get, you know, got to stay focused on Black Friday. Gotta save and stay yes. focused on Black Friday. That, so everything that's Friday. coming out, everything that's coming out now from Knights Models, I know it's going to be 20% off or more with free shipping. Um, so like the starter set from um, Spectre Miniatures, their new starter set would be great. I'd rather have it with free shipping, so I'll just wait. <laughs> That's why all my all my big purchases are Kickstarter. You know, it's well, not going to be on sale for for Black Friday, so you got to get it now. So. Well, you know, so that was one I was looking at. Um, Fireforge Games has a new dwarf army, and it's more based around yes, like yeah, I saw that. You know, the Italian city states, uh, like the German uh, Empire. Uh, look to them so a little more feathers and everything and uh, I, I was intrigued by those because not only can you buy those but you can get like some of their back bench like the Deuce Volt line and some of their other um, Fireforge Fantasy but Forgotten Words Worlds line so they have wonderful Pegasus cavalry and everything so I was looking at that one it's like well I could buy some dwarves and they're you know their square base uh, dwarves there I'm ready to go. but you know there are some other guys on there and they're made in Italy. Um, the minute, so I know with them is they have manufacturing in high in house. So I'll have to have them shipped from Europe, but I don't have to worry about delays. Like I have with, um, I got the rule book for, um, underworlds, but it's like, okay, the models came from China. Now we've got to mix with that for them. I know it's, it's all there. It's yeah. all made in one place. So I know they can probably hit their timetable. Yep. <laughs> so uh, lessons learned on Kickstarter. But uh, yes, yes. I'm, I'm starting to back, back off that. I'm still waiting for some stuff to filter in. And See, uh, that's what that's why I only do RPG books is because <laughs> like it's less than a year turnaround. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I liked about Brigade Games. He makes they're all metal. They're made in house. So I got my miniatures, which was the thing I was interested in, like on time. Yeah. The rule book I, I got like today. Uh, so this is Monday. 
that was the part I wasn't interested in. So it's like, yeah, and he sent me the PDF a while ago. So it's like, he well, knows okay. what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he focuses on his specialty. It's like, yes. <laughs> hey, All right. If you have the miniatures, you're going to want the rules. So, but if you have the rules, you might not want the miniatures. Well, you know, so I'll say you read, you read drug war Z. Okay. And it's about like a program in the 1960s. So, you know, the U.S. Army was doing a lot of L- LSD, PCP yep, experiments yep. from the 50s. And um, so the idea is that someone in the 2020s found this old recipe for a narcotic called Rush. And um, they decided that they were going to sell it to the drug cartels because of some anger about their defense program being cut in budget. Okay. And so it's set in the 2020s, but when you look at the models of like the Colombian police, um, the DEA agents and the zombies, they've got a model for Pablo Escobar. They've got a model for, um, oh crap. Who's the guy, um, Al Pacino, say hello to my little friend. What was that character's name? Uh, Scarface. They have a model for Scarface. So this is all stuff from the 80s and 90s, but it's in the 2020s. Like, I don't know if this rule book really fits with the aesthetic (laughs) of these models. (laughs) It's like, I could play this game and I've got to, to keep it up to date. Like there's other models out there for this. It's like, okay, sure. Yeah. It's like, um, I know DEA agents don't change how they dress because they're still fascinated by Don Johnson and Miami vice, but uh, the federal police in Columbia have changed their uniforms since uh, 94. But uh, anyway, <laughs> all right, Brian, let's let's wrap this up. Let's, all right. Let's get out of here. We've <laughs> <laughs> gone on long enough. Yeah. This is going to be one of our longer episodes. Yep. Um, but we'll never do a uh, Patreon. I don't need the tax obligations. That's if you want to do a Patreon, you feel free. That is between you and your tax accountant. But <laughs> I don't have one of those. <laughs> but between you and your person. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want a person right now so no, i'm good try to keep my taxes simpler yes uh, all right so we'll call that an end to this episode of miniature wargaming labs thank you for joining us i'm james i'm brian and we'll see you next time 